week, you will remember that we started a series called More Than Conquerors. And that phrase, which we find in the Bible, is, is a word, a phrase that was spoken or written by the Apostle Paul as he wrote letters to Roman Christians. And we find it in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans and verse 37. And Paul is referring to the challenges and the trials and the difficulties that we may face in life. And his response to those things is this. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We learn that to be more than a conqueror is this, to experience and to gain overwhelming or surpassing victory. And if you open your Bibles at any time in Romans and chapter 6, you'll find that there Paul lists some of those things which he says, in Christ we are more than conquerors. He mentions tribulation. He mentions distress. He mentions persecution. He mentions famine and nakedness and times of peril and, and the sword. How many of us have experienced those things this week? Okay. The sword? I don't mean, you know, persecution as in somebody didn't say hello to you when you walked into church service this morning. That's not real persecution. But how many of us have suffered these things? Nobody, with the exception of one person, put their hands up. We have experienced challenges and trials, I'm sure. But have we experienced also that overwhelming victory? None of us have experienced the persecution that we read of that the early Christians endured in the Bible. None of us, I hope, have experienced famine. Yet if we had, the Bible says that the truth is this, that in those things we are more than conquerors. I don't know about you, but I am very, very, very interested in discovering and learning how that in the trials that I do suffer, the difficulties that I do face, I am very interested in knowing how that in those I can be more than a conqueror. How about you? Well, at least two of us are. And that's what I believe God wants to help us with this morning. When we started to look at this last week, you will remember that we turn to the book of Joshua, which, surprise, surprise, talks about a man called Joshua. And it tells us of a time when he took over the leadership of God's people, that nation that would become known as Israel. Moses had died. Joshua took over the leadership. And at the beginning of the book of Joshua, we read of a miracle, how that God led his people over the River Jordan. Now, if you've, read, if you've read that account in the book of Joshua, you will know that it was no ordinary time when the people crossed that river. The Bible says that it was a time when the river flooded its banks. 
So let's not go thinking that it was a drought and that there was just a tiny stream that ran down the center of the riverbed. The truth is this, that the river Jordan had burst its banks and there was no natural way of being able to cross that river. God supernaturally provided a way through. He caused the water to be dried up and the people crossed through on dry ground. It's a wonderful lesson for us there when we face circumstances that are impossible. Let us always remember that our God is a God that loves to do the impossible. He loves to make a way where there seems to be no way if we will trust him. And this had been the experience of the nation of Israel. And in Joshua chapter 5, we see how that Joshua now stands beside the next obstacle. How many of us have experienced that it seems sometimes that we overcome one experience, one difficulty, one problem, and here comes another one? Anybody else experience that apart from me? Guess what it's called? Life. And if someone got you to sign up to be a Christian under the pretense that that would all be different and that you would never have any problems, they deceived you. They were a liar. Well, maybe not a liar, but they told you a lie. Life is such that we have challenges. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations, tribulations, challenges, difficulties. A Christian is not a person exempt from the challenges of this life. A Christian is a person of whom God has said, even though you may experience these difficulties, in all of them, you are more than conquerors. Amen? I am determined by the power of God to allow us have our eyes open to see this truth that God speaks to us. And here is Joshua. Jordan is behind him. A miracle took place, but now he stands beside Jericho. The next problem, the next challenge. Jericho, history will tell us, is probably the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world. What does that speak to us? It says to us that even though God had said to his people, I want you to inhabit Jericho, those people living there were not not ready to give it up easily. How many of you would resist a person that came into your apartment and said, Oi, he's from London by the way, Oi, that's how they speak in London, Oi, That apartment belongs to me. You would say, I'm sorry, you are mistaken. This is where I live. This is my home. You go find another place. And the people of Jericho were just of that mind. History also tells us that Jericho was probably the first city that was protected by a wall. And this wall was so enormous that it was impenetrable. And here is Joshua standing in front of Jericho. 
And along comes this man, as we read last week, with a sword, a warrior. And Joshua says to him, are you for us or are you against us? And that warrior said, neither. He said, I am the commander of the Lord's army and I have come here for now. And you will remember last week that we said when we face conflict and problems, large or small, we should not be looking for God to join our ranks, but we must join or enlist in his army. We must join sides with him. We must join ranks with the commander of the army of the Lord. We must submit to his rule in our life. That's what it means. Jesus is our commander. We must do what he said. Did you notice in that verse 14, Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. He recognized who this warrior was and he asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Oh, if we would do that when we faced conflict, problems, difficulties, challenges in our lives, if we would fall before God and say, Lord, I am your servant, what would you speak to me? What is your command for me to do? Rather than try and find if God would fit in with our plans. Joshua was a smart man. That's why God chose him to be the leader of his people. And he got this lesson right because he said, Lord, what is the message that you have for me? I would like us to progress through this story, this true story of Joshua. And I would like us to learn three more lessons about being more than conquerors in our life today. The second lesson is this. We need to get God's perspective on the enemy. Who is the enemy? Let me start by telling you who the enemy is not. The enemy is not your husband or your wife or your children or your parents. The enemy is not your boss. The enemy is not your pastor. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 that we do not wrestle and fight against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The conflict that we experience may be with another person, but there is a spiritual realm filled with evil spiritual forces whose object whose desire is primarily to prevent humans from believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they fail at that, their objective 
is to try and make the lives of Christians as difficult and as miserable as they possibly can. But I have good news for us this morning. As one who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, as one who has made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Saviour, as one who has given their lives to Christ, you have this good news and this truth to hold on to. They may be your enemies, but they cannot dictate what happens in your life. That would be a good place to shout amen. How terrible it would be if the forces of evil had free range in our lives as Christians. That whatever their desire was, they can inflict hurt and pain. They can cause relationships to be broken. They can cause us to be deceived and lied and we believe in the lies. But the truth is this, they do not have that power over us as Christians. But they certainly are our enemy. And it is in that realm, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, that's in that realm where our war takes place. Our enemy is not that person who has offended us. Our enemy is not that person who stole our parking lot at Emart. Our enemy is not that Ajuma who pushed in front of us in the line at Emart. And I'm not sure even that that person is even being driven by evil spirits. Sometimes... Sometimes we have to deal with those things in our own minds. And we have to be bigger than those things. That person who spoke an offensive word to you, that person who hurt you, however severe it was, my friend, they are not your enemy because we don't wrestle against flesh and against blood. And we must know, we must get God's perspective on who the enemy is and what the enemy can and can't do. We we are not dictated to by those forces of evil. Now those forces of evil are highly trained and very skilled. But I want to tell you this morning, the weapons that they have are extremely limited. The enemy cannot inflict hurt upon you as a Christian without your permission. Now, there's not a lot of people that like to hear that. And the reason people don't like to hear that is because it puts the emphasis of responsibility on me. The weapons that the enemy has are these. He is a liar. In fact, he is the father of all lies. And he will lie to us he, will, he knows God's word sometimes better than we do. But he twists it. He, he, he lies about it. And if he can get us to believe his lies, he's won the battle. He is a deceiver. He deceives us concerning the truth. And he is an accuser of the brethren. Many of the things that we face as difficulties in life as Christians 
are to do with relationships between other believers. And very often it's because the enemy has sown into one of our hearts or both an accusation about the other person. And that is the limitation of the weapons that the enemy has at his disposal. And let me take this truth further. The book of Colossians says this, that Satan is a defeated foe and that he has been, listen, disarmed. It doesn't mean he walks around with no arms. It means that his weapons have been taken away from him as far as the believer is concerned. My friend, let me tell you the truth. As a Christian this morning, we can be more than overcomers, more than conquerors, by this one truth that Satan has no access to your life. Your life is cleansed and washed in the blood of Jesus. And it doesn't matter how severe, how how enormous your Jericho may feel and seem, how deeply you have been hurt as a believer in Jesus Christ, as one filled with the Holy Spirit, you can walk as a free person. You say, well, Pastor John, you don't know how much that person has hurt me. Maybe I don't, but I know how much Jesus Christ has died to make us free people. And if the Son has set us free... What? We are free indeed. I am not prepared to be somebody that is controlled by another person's sin. And nor should you be. We need to get God's perspective on the army. Look at this verse, Joshua 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went In and no one came out. What is so significant about that? Here is Joshua. He stands beside Jericho. He meets the warrior, the army of the the commander of the army of God. He looks at Jericho. Yes, the walls are great. The people don't want to shift. But then he sees this one thing. Jericho is shut up. It's closed tight. And he realizes why. Why was Jericho so closed up? Because of the Israelites. The people of Jericho had seen and heard what God had done for them concerning the river Jordan. That they had crossed it on dry ground. And the people of Jericho were terrified. So much so that the king had said, no one goes in. No one comes out just in case one of those Jews sneaks in. I want you to know this truth, my friends. The enemy, those forces of evil, those powers of darkness, listen to me, they are scared of you. Man, I could just about stand on that chair and shout with that truth. It's the truth. So often we look at what is our enemy and we see how big it is. It's like we put it under a magnifying glass. It's bigger than it really is. The truth is this, that our enemies are scared of us. The reputation of God and his people went before them 
and Jericho heard about it. And their response was not to, to get the armies together and go fight the people of Israel, but they became defensive and scared. The Bible says Jericho was tightly shut up. My friend, we must get into perspective and get God's perspective concerning the enemy. God's reputation preceded him and his people. And the enemy, listen, the enemy will remember things that God has done even when we don't. You say, well, what has God done for me, Pastor John, that the enemy should be scared of who I am? Oh, come on. Are you not saved? Is that not the biggest miracle that could ever take place? Where you were lost in your sin and without hope? You could not save yourself and nobody could save you, but Jesus found you and forgave your sin and took your old sinful nature and gave you a new one? Is that not a miracle? It scares the living daylights out of the enemy. Let me read you this verse from Psalm 107. I'm going to try and quote it. Psalm 107 verses 1 and 2. God is good, he says. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, sometimes all you have to do to put the enemy to to fight, to run away, to get into into, uh, a defensive mode, is to remind him that you're a child of God. Who do you think you are trying to lie to me? I am a child of the living God. I am redeemed. I've been paid for. I'm not even my own property. I belong to God. Don't you come telling me lies. The Bible says, if we will submit to God and resist the devil, guess what the devil does? He gets the fleas. He runs away. He cannot stand it when the people of God know who they are and confess it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But how often do we hit a hurdle in our lives? And instead of standing on the promises of God and declaring that Jesus Christ has died and risen from the dead and redeemed us and paid the price for our salvation, we find a nice little comfortable, quiet, dark corner. And we say, woe is me. The enemy is so big. That person just doesn't love me anymore. My husband is so mean to me. My wife doesn't respect me. My boss thinks I'm useless. And we're the ones that close ourselves up. My friends, it should be the enemy that gets scared. Man, we should just wake up in the mornings and the powers of darkness scream with terror. Oh no, it's another one redeemed by the blood of Jesus has woken up. They're going to meet out to us defeat and we're going to be crushed under their feet to right you are. That's where they belong. Sometimes as Christians, we put the enemy on a pedestal. What was it that stopped the people of God going into Jericho? What was it? Do you know what it was? One war. 
You say, well, it was a big war. Yeah, but it was just a war. And that war was man-made. Sometimes it's just one wall that stands in between us and being more than an overcomer. To experiencing that surpassing and overwhelming victory. Just one wall that has to come down. That's all that stands in the way. We need to get God's perspective on the enemy. Are you getting this? Convince me. Are you getting this? Good. We also must get God's perspective on the battle. In chapter 6 and verse 2 of Joshua, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with with its king and its fighting men. Note when and where the Lord spoke this to Joshua. Outside of Joshua, of Jericho, before the battle had commenced, before anything had happened, the Lord said to, to Joshua, look. Look at what? Look at Jericho. Yeah. Big wall. People don't want to move. The Lord said, I have delivered it into your hand. (laughs) Not a spear had been picked up, not a sword had been picked up, not a a shield had been picked up, not an army, a war cry had been sounded, but the Lord still said, Jericho is delivered into your hand. The victory is yours. You know, sometimes we convince ourselves to the point where we totally believe that we will never break free from this point of, of, of conflict. It's never going to get better. I'm always going to be a failure. My marriage will never work out. I guess we just need to accept it, that we will never really be in love with each other and we'll never be best of friends. I guess where I've separated from my brother, my sister in the Lord, I guess I'll just have to accept that it can never be repaired. Do you know what the Lord says to you? I've already given you the victory. You've got to get God's perspective on the battle. Sometimes we rehearse in our minds the, the scenario of a situation and, and by some kind of twist of negative faith, we believe that it will always be terrible and a disaster, that we will never experience victory. But God says, put faith in what I say. I say that Jericho is already delivered into your hands and its king and its soldiers. In other words, its authority and its power as well. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. And before he went back to heaven, he gave that authority over the powers of darkness to his people. That means to you and to me. We have authority over the forces of evil. Period. I'm learning American. See, if I was in England, I would have said full stop. But I'm learning American English. Period. Thank you. We have authority. Why? Why do we have authority? It's so easy. Because God said so. And God never lies. 
Whatever you read in his word, as his word to you, it is the truth. And it will come to pass. Joshua listened to what the Lord said and he acted upon it. He believed what the Lord had said. And I believe that the Lord is speaking to hearts this morning and saying to individuals here, you know that situation that has defeated you for so long? You know that relationship that you feel will never be repaired and restored and reconciled? I say to you, it is healed. Now what are you going to believe? Because what you believe is what you'll act upon. Joshua could have said, yeah, but Lord, it's okay for you to say that. But look at those walls. And those people, they've been there for years, Lord. They're not just going to open the door to us and say, hi, guys, come in. Jericho is all yours. We've been keeping it warm for you. They're going to fight us, Lord, and they're mean. And you forget that we sent spies into this land a few years ago and we found giants. We found big guys. Who's to say that these big guys are not inside Jericho? Come on, Lord, you're just trying to hype us up. You're just trying to give us this feel-good factor. You know, it makes me smile sometimes when, when you listen to sports coaches you got, the, you got this team, and the team, whatever sport it is, they, they're just not going to cut it. They just don't have it. They're either too small or too experienced, and they just can't win. And unless somebody really trains them how to do the sport properly, they're never going to win. But you listen to the coach. You can do it. You need to go out there and see those people as, as defeated, and you need to go out there and, and win. And sometimes, I mean, I've been on the receiving end of that coaching. And I tell you, there's no way we're going to win. We've just started to play rugby. And these guys have been doing it for 10 years. We don't even know the laws, the rules of it. All we know is you can only throw the ball backwards. And that's it. And our coach is saying, yes, you can do it. You can do it. He's hyping us up. It's not the truth. But God is not like that. God only ever speaks the truth. And my friend, if God has said to you, which he has, you are more than a conqueror. I want you to apply that to this seemingly impossible situation and act upon it in faith. Amen? Amen. Let's look at our last point today. We need to get God's plan and obey it. The Bible says at the end of, or towards the end of chapter 6, after, after the Lord had told Joshua what to do, they were to march around the city once, for six day, once a day for six days. And then on the seventh, they had to march around it seven times. And God said, if they did that, that Jericho would become theirs. The Bible says, when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people uh, gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. Listen, that which seemed impenetrable, collapsed. You see, it wasn't so big, so great, so permanent. The walls collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. Why, was, why were they successful? Because they got a hold of God's plan. 
Joseph didn't get on his mobile and call in for reinforcements. He didn't go around to the people of the other nations surrounding them and say, hey, we've got a problem, guys. Jericho, you've never seen anything like it. It's a city, but it's got a wall. And we can't get in. And God said we need to get in. Will you come and help us? Joshua didn't do that. He went to God and he said, God, tell me what we've got to do. And we'll do it. And they did it. Did they seem and feel a bit ridiculous? Maybe. You know, we're the army of God. And we're walking around the city. And this city is going to fall to us. And we're great warriors, but all we're doing is walking. And we're being very quiet. And we're following this funny box that's in front of us that the priests are carrying. And that was day one. Good morning, Joshua. What should we do today? Should we go and attack the city? No, we're going to do the same again, guys. Okay, here we go again. This feels really weird. I feel a bit awkward. And, and, and I'm sure the people of Jericho are just laughing at us. And I'm sure they're sending emails to all their friends, to the nations around. Hey, guys, come and watch this comedy act. God's people think they're going to come and destroy us. And you know what they're doing? They're walking around the city. They did it for six times. But I tell you, when they obeyed God to the letter, God's word came into being. You know, maybe you need to forgive somebody. And you say, God, it just seems so silly to forgive them. What if they do the same to me? That's not your problem. That's not your problem. Your problem is to do what God said. You may be in a great conflict with your spouse and it feels like there's no way forward. You say, God, what am I meant to do? God says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Wives, respect and honor your husbands. And the wife said, well, there's, there's nothing to respect. It feels like he's a waste of air. It doesn't matter. And he may have done the most craziest things and made you feel less than beautiful. But if you'll obey God, Jericho is yours. Get God's plan and obey it. I can't do it, Pastor. No, you're right. You can't, but God can if you'll let him help. I want to close by reading this verse from 1 John chapter 5, three verses. This is love for God. You say you love God? How many of you say you love God? Okay, it says here, this is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. doesn't say they're not difficult, but they certainly are not burdensome. The burden that you are carrying, your Jericho right now, is far heavier than anything God will ask you to do. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. In your own strength, in my own strength, I can't do it. And I know I can't because I've tried it. And it doesn't work. But when I, by faith, believe what God has said, Despite 
And regardless of how big my Jericho may seem to me, if I will apply faith and obey God, I will overcome the world. That's not me being arrogant. That's me simply quoting what God says in his word. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Here is an amazing thing. As Christians, we believe that Jesus died for our sin. We believe that he was raised from the dead into newness of life so that we can experience new life. We believe that that resurrected body of Christ ascended from this earth and as a man he sits at the right hand of God. We believe that, don't we? Yeah? We believe that as Christians. Then surely, surely we can believe that God can give us the victory in our day-to-day challenges that we face. Surely we can believe that. Surely we can trust in God that when God says in all these things we are more than conquerors, we can say, I believe that and I'm going to act upon it. I'm going in faith to forgive. I'm going to forget I'm going to love. I'm going to respect. I'm going to believe God that my children will be saved and will serve Him. I'm going to believe that my parents will love each other once again. I'm going to believe that God will enable me to be the best employee that my boss has ever come across. And I'm going to serve Him like I serve God. By faith, we can do that. My friend, the victory is ours because the battle is the Lord's. Jesus Christ has won the battle for us. He has overcome death. He has overcome hell. He has overcome the grave. He has overcome every enemy that we would face in our lives today. Let us be the people of God and let us walk in that victory, in that overwhelming, surpassing victory as more than overcomers. Amen? Let's stand together, please. Father, we give you the glory this morning. We thank you that your word can never fail, that it speaks into our hearts. It speaks right into our situations this morning. It speaks hope. It brings faith. It speaks liberty and freedom. Father God, your word says that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Father, I thank you that you lead us into victory. You lead us into that place of surpassing and overwhelming victory where we see the powers of darkness brought to nothing and we see the kingdom of God established in our lives as the ruling force. Father, we give you all the glory as we step from defeat to victory. In Jesus' name, amen.